2,000 years ago, this was a very common thing you would see. In order to get around anywhere around the city, to get around your own house, to go grocery shopping, a candle had to be lit. A candle had to be lit. And as early Christians used this to do everyday life, that they saw that there is some divine truth in this analogy. There's some divine truth in something that they experience on a daily basis, multiple times a day. There is something that they saw in this that reflected a divine truth. They realized that this reflected something else. They had a hard time articulating who Jesus is and who God is, the early Christians. And when they wanted to articulate who we are as followers of Jesus, they got together in a city in modern-day Turkey in the year 325 to write down what we know today as the creed. And when they wanted to describe who Jesus is, they used something that they use on a daily basis, which is candles, which is light, which is a lantern. And they said, actually, this Jesus man is not just a great guy. He is actually light. Who comes from light? That he is light himself who comes from light. And why they were so pulled into using this analogy of light and describing who Jesus is. Because when I have two candles in front of me, you do not know which one was lit first. You do not know which one came before the other. But you know both give light. And you know that regardless of where I am in, in this room, that your eyes are attracted to see this light. And they used this analogy, this imagery, to point to who Jesus is. They also used this analogy because they have said, I should have brought a third candle, I knew I should have got a third. That they wanted to make a point that just as Jesus, the light, came from the true light, and there is no difference between, like the chemical substance of this candle, this wax, is no different than this, that we are called to bring his light as well. We are called to bring his light as well. We have been looking over the past couple weeks here of a series here at the 8th called Light of Light. Pulling from this phrase, which is found in, in an ancient Christian creed that we recite in any type of liturgical service and any type of structured prayer in our ancient faith, that the creed is recited and we describe who Jesus being light from the true light. We looked at just a recap of over the past couple weeks. The first week we looked at that we are called, if we have any pursuit of who Jesus is, we are called not to bring others to Christ. We're not called to bring others to Christ. We are called to bring Jesus, the Christ, to others. We're called to bring him to others. And this is the mission that Jesus started. We also talked in the first week of a huge disclaimer that I have to keep on reiterating. Regardless of where you are on your interest, curiosity, and your walk toward God, one thing has to be understood regardless of where we are that this is not a consumeristic way of life. This is not, okay, who's this God guy so he can help me with this exam, help me with this relationship, help me with this career, help me with my, this family member who did sickness. It's not a consumer mentality, but it is a way of life for us to give the same light that we have gotten from God and to give that out to others. This is who we are by design, and this is who God has called us. This is what God has called us to do, and this is the mission that Jesus began that we are called to continue 2,000 years later. So the first, year, the first week, we looked at that we're called to bring Jesus to others. We're called to bring Jesus to others, not bringing, Jesus, not bringing others to Jesus, that we are called to be his light to others in our workplaces, with annoying coworkers, in, in class, whatever the case might be, we're called to bring his light to others. 
And then last week we looked at for us to be incarnational. No, this is not a heresy. When I say this, I'm meaning this. Incarna incarnation is, seems like is a very churchy word that many of us have heard. You've heard that word actually in the creed as well. Incarnation means for something to become tangible, for something to become flesh. And actually the etymology of the word incarnation means meat, for it to become meaty, for it to become tangible, something I can touch and, 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 and recognize. So God became incarnate so we can see who God is. How does God deal with conflicts? How does God ask me to deal with this super annoying jerk? How does God asking me to give to others? How is God asking me to love others? What's the boundary? What's the limit of how I should love others? What, is, what does God say about how, what, what marriage is all about? So God became incarnate, became flesh in order to make that super clear to humanity. We are called to be incarnation of who he is at the intersections of life. And at various intersections of life, either in a conflict, either in your marriage, either with a friend, either with a coworker, you're at an intersection to bring the light to them. But how? We're called to bring him in an incarnational, tangible, fleshy way. It might be a smile. It might be through a hug. It might be through small talk. It might be through something simple. But we're called to bring who Jesus is in an incarnational way at every intersection of life. Today, I would like us to talk about for us to make friends. Not to bake friends, but to make friends with non-churchy people. Yes, my name is Father Nathaniel, and I'm telling you to have friends outside of church. Before you jump on me why I'm telling you this, there is a statistic that says that the longer you are in church, the more, like if you grew up in the church, and the more you embed yourself in the church life, naturally... You become more closed to just just your church people, just doing church things. Just you're just in your own little churchy little world, and everyone else are are heretics and heathens. And you just naturally want to start judging them. You're, you're the Christian. You stay in your own little bubble. And you everything is Christian. You have your Christian Bible. You have your Christian music. You have your Christian workout. You do everything Christian. Like everything. You got your Christian T-shirts. Everything. You're just in this little Christian bubble. And the longer we are in that bubble the more likely we are to begin to judge people outside of that box. You tell me, if I look at Jesus, was he on a mission for three years to get people inside this exclusive club, inside this bubble? He says, hey, 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 come here, come here. Let me, let me tell you, the stuff in your Torah, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm actually the Messiah. But let's keep, no, let's keep this. This is us. No, don't, 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 no, 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 don't talk to them. No, they're not, they're not Christian. They'll just stay with me. Like, let's, let's make this an exclusive club. You, th you think that's what Jesus preached for three years? When Jesus was going toward wide array of different men from various backgrounds, while the vast majority have a Jewish background, he was pulling these men and coming to them. And he told them this about who he is. Jesus answered them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor. Like he was trying to explain why he is here. He was trying to explain that I am God in flesh and I'm here to bring healing and to bring love to you. He says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the super churchy, the religious, the very spiritual type. I didn't come for them. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 
Jesus made it super clear, I'm not here for, the, for, for those who are not wanting change. I came here to find who is in darkness and who needs to come to light. I came for healing. I'm not coming for the ones who think they got it all together and that they're already living a life with God. I didn't come for them. I come to find people from darkness and lead them to light. This is why I have come. He even told his disciples that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. He's like, listen, I know this, this world is tough. I know it's darkness. I know you're pressured on every side, but I'm sending you out to be a light to those I'm not telling you just to stay in your own little churchy thing and, 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 you, and you just keep those other people outside. I'm not, I, I'm, I didn't call you to do that. I am sending you out. I'm pushing you out as lambs among wolves. I know the reality of the pressures and stress that are out there and the temptations that are out there. But I'm pushing you out there. If you're desiring to be my light, if you're desiring to pursue me in a genuine way, then you are called to take that step among wolves. Before anyone misunderstands what I'm saying, or you tell me not to join groups at San Mark Church, or you tell me not to have friends here at church, no. I want us to have a healthy balance. Yes, we need godly friends, because we need iron to sharpen iron. We need friends that we can lean on, who have the same view, a purpose of life, of wanting to pursue God, just as authentic as you do. Like, we need that to, to, for us to, to, to lean on and to find support from them, and for us to walk toward God together, 100%. This is why the church exists for that purpose. But at the same time, we are not called just to do that and just to stick in that bubble. We're not called to do that. We need to find a balance of having non-churchy friends, but we also need to have godly friends that edifies, that, 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 that make us better. And that we can have that support because they're wanting to pursue God just as much as we do. And they make us better, as we read from Scripture, for iron to sharpen iron. Throughout the centuries, one description that was used for the church, that was used by a bishop by the name of St. John Chrysostom, he described the church not to be a social club, or not just to be a gathering on Sunday. He described this, this dynamic the being of known as the church, he described it as being a hospital. He described it being a hospital. So if we know that we like, think of think of of, of children's hospital. Think of a regular hospital, like a medical hospital. The hospital will never say, oh, you know what, you know, you're not allowed. Like if someone is coming in, like with like their their arm just got like chopped off or whatever. Their arm, their arm, not their arm. Their arm got chopped off. They're, and they walk into the the hospital. The hospital is not going to say. You know, you know, this is, you know, it's not for you or kind of booked. No, the hospital is always open for people. And this should be the mission and vision of any church. And for sure, for St. Mark Church. Because this is the original design of church. It is never just an exclusive club. It is not just for, for the, the a hospital has a wide array of different people that are sick with various things. And this should be no different, including this patient in this hospital. I don't care how long we've been in the church. If we continue to remind ourselves that I am sick, I am broken, wanting healing from the, from the true physician, then, this, then the doors are always open. Then the doors are always open to the church. If we fully embrace the essence of what a hospital is intended to be. I have to admit something. I'm a little bit jealous of everyone here. and I'm kind of jealous of my life two years ago. 
because you have something that I do not have. Vast, like I've noticed now since being in the priesthood, vast majority of the encounters I have with people are people that have an interest with God, that have an interest for God. They're, they're, they're wanting something more. And something, I'm not kidding. Like someone stopped me at Home Depot. I was getting something for the house. And somebody stopped me at Home Depot and asked me to, like, to bless them. I was like, okay, I'm just trying to buy what, what nail to get. And the guy's like, but, but the, the, I, I'm not kidding. Because people are always, regardless of where I am, in the church context or not, people are wanting to come to me because they're, they're at a step of wanting to come close to God. There's also the other extreme where people you know, give me a look and don't want to be anywhere near me, which I get, which is totally fine. But you're at a unique situation. You're at a neat position that I will never be. You can be a light to people wherever they are right now. You can be a light to people wherever you are right now. Week one, we talked about how, like, to bring someone to the light of God and for them to realize how much God loves them. It's not just like this one conversation. It's not just this, this one article you send them. It's not this one text. It's not that. It's a conversation, but we are called to be one link in that person's life. Like, you are one link in that person's life. I just know somebody two days ago at Starbucks. I've never met before, but he reached out to me because somebody else gave him a link about who God is, and it took another link of knowing what ancient Christianity is, and that person connects with me. It's not me. Like, some other people were links in his life that led to the conversation. I'm definitely not the last either, but I'm just one link for his life, and somebody else will continue that conversation, and maybe he'll come here to, to, to San Mark. I don't know, but all, I'm, I, all I know is I'm, I'm one link. But you are a unique position of being a link that I cannot. I'll tell you two very, very recent examples of what happened to me. Something that I made a mistake in and something that I'm doing. Like I started, as I was preparing for this talk, like I'm telling people to be friends with non-churchy people. Because this is what Jesus said. What am I doing? Like, how, how can I tell people to do that if I'm not doing that? So let me tell you two examples. A couple weeks ago, my wife and I went to uh, go see Lion King. Um, yeah, I, I love Disney. So we went to go to the, to the movies. And I'm not kidding. We walked in. We, it was like it was a 10 p.m. movie. Was, I was super late. I don't know why. But anyway, that's what we did. We go to the movie. And the guy asked me. Uh, he's like, okay, you know, movie's there, whatever. And then he said, you know, is this like a one-piece thing? And I said, yeah, you know, it's one piece. He's like, could, could you open? I'm like, not really. Is everything okay? And he, I'm not kidding. He goes like this. Well, I just want to make sure there's none of this in there. I want to make sure there's no gun. And I made a mistake right there. And you can ask my wife. I became defensive. I didn't say anything. I just said, I just want to get inside the movie. It's like no one here. I just want to go. Leave me alone. But I missed an opportunity. And actually, I still left bitter. And I was saying, man, if there was anybody else, that, that, that anybody else could have raised hell. And, and, this, and this movie theater will be on the news tomorrow morning saying discrimination, all this kind of stuff. And so I, I was thinking all that, but I was definitely not going to do any of that. But I missed an opportunity. I became defensive. I didn't ask who this guy was. I didn't ask his name. I didn't ask anything. I got my ticket, and I went to the, inside the movie to watch it, and that was it. I got over it by the time, like, the Kunamantata came, I was fine. I was over it. But I was upset inside. And then after I cooled down the next day, like I, I realized I missed an opportunity to be a link. Even though he saw this, he saw this. Like I make it super clear. But he was defensive. And he felt scared. 
I don't, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know his, I don't know his story. I don't know his name. I didn't even take an opportunity to create small talk. I decided to walk away, and I missed an opportunity. This, this literally just happened two weeks ago, and it's something I did two days ago. I said, how, like, how am I, like, how am I called to be a light? Yes, I am called to be a light to those who have an interest of wanting to pursue God with me, who are there wanting to take that step. I'm here, yeah, because that's kind of the nature of my service. But God has called me to do more than this. Like, if Jesus has made it clear for us to be a light to others, I'm not any different than you in this realm. So I did something that made me very uncomfortable. I signed up for a soccer league. And I'm going to be playing soccer on Monday nights. I'm not telling anyone where. <laughs> Starting next Monday. And I signed up for this league, and it asked me, are you wanting like to play like competitive or social? And I said social, so it's like this co-ed team. And I'm just going to go play just to socialize with people, like around town. And it's going to be on Monday nights throughout the fall. And, you know, I'm gonna, I, I did it without even asking my wife, so I don't recommend that. But I did that so that way we can work our schedule around me doing that Monday evenings throughout the, throughout the fall for me committed, me committed to this league. For me just to socialize, for me just to be a light. Like I'm using a tangible thing, a medium of a, of a game to connect us. But it's a, it, but I felt God was leading me to this. How can I tell you to be a light when I'm not, like, I'm, I need to be a light in this world just as much as you are. I'm not any different. Again, my service is different, but I'm called to this command just as much as you are. So I need to make friends with non-churchy people. That's point number one. Make friends with non-churchy people. Make friends with non-churchy people. Point number two is to build a bridge. Is to build a bridge. What do I mean build by build or pitch? In the corporate world, I've heard, is building rapport. Is you want to build rapport. If that's small talk, whatever the case might be, you want to build rapport, you want to build a, some type of content for there to be a relationship, for there to be a bridge. For example, now me joining the soccer league, the bridge now is, is, is soccer. <laughs> like, hey, what position are you going to play? What's your name? Where are you coming from? Now, now we're talking about soccer, and that's the bridge that's going to build a relationship now as we do the soccer league together. As you're talking to coworkers or family members that are maybe kind of disconnected from them realizing how much God loves them, don't jump into to preaching as the way we think of preaching. At small talk, like what's your bridge? How are you building rapport? Like honestly, like I like my go-to thing. Like people that are kind of defensive of me, and they come like so you know their mom or dad forced them or like whatever the case, or girlfriend forced them to come and talk to me. Okay, that's fine. I get it. We start talking. I, I, I talk about sports, talk about pop culture, talk about what's going on in the news, whatever the case might be, just because I want them to see I'm normal. Even though I kind of dress like this, I'm normal. That we can, I can still build rapport with you before we jump into anything else. And you are called to do the same. This is how you build relationships. You know who else did this? This man here. He did that. He took water, and he led that conversation to something else. He took bread and led that to the conversation about something else. He took farming, he took crops, and he began talking about crops, and that built into something else. He used these items and these points of conversation to build rapport, to build a bridge between him and others. And this eventually led to a divine conversation and led them to, to, to it planted a seed in their heart from wanting more out of life and wanting to pursue Jesus. But it did not begin that way. 
they began with small talk by building a bridge over something. Last week, I loved how we looked at a verse of how St. Paul became a light to others around him. A great missionary wrote a letter to the city of Corinth, and he says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew. To, to those who are like lived this type of lifestyle, I became like them so I can embrace them, so I can understand where they're coming from. To those who are like Jew, okay, you know what? I embrace their ideology and worldview of Judaism so I can be like them and understand where they're coming from. I became one with them. So that way, I can, I can be an influence. I can be a light to their lives. I didn't just come and say, you're a heretic and you're heathen. You need to come to Jesus and, and, and repent before you go to hell. No. I became like them so that way I can be an influence and I can be a light to their lives. Every single person is passionate about something. Every single person is passionate about something. It is our job to find out what that is in someone and to tap into that and to build a conversation on that. Everyone is passionate about something, but it is our job to build a report, to build a bridge on that topic. Whatever that case might be, let us build a bridge on that. Two examples of what Jesus did. When Jesus wanted to be a light to Peter, to St. Peter, he said, hey, Peter, what you doing? You're going fishing? That's pretty cool. Do you mind if I, if I hop in? That's cool. How many fish did you get yesterday? How much fish did you get in today? Hey, you want to see something cool? Hey, throw that net over there. I'll show you something cool. He used something small. He built a bridge over fishing. And that, made, and that planted a seed in St. Peter's life where his life was never the same. Jesus saw a young man uh, not a young man, actually, a short man named Zacchaeus. And he was, and Zacchaeus, like, loved, like, social, he loved hosting parties. Like, he was, he loved hosting things at his place. And Jesus saw that he was curious of Jesus. So Jesus told Zacchaeus, hey, you know, what are you doing this afternoon? afternoon? Do you mind if I, if I, if I come on over? And he, he invited himself for just a, a, just a house gathering or for lunch or whatever the case might be, but used that as a way to build a bridge to lead to an edifying conversation with Zacchaeus. He used that to build rapport with him. Make friends with non-churchy people and build a bridge. This is not my words. It should make, this should make us uncomfortable because this is what Jesus asks us to do, is to be uncomfortable. For us to be a light among darkness, it's not exclusivity. It's not just our own little comfortable bubble. If we do that, we are missing the point of why Jesus came. But we're called to be a light. But think for us to focus and for us to put in prayer this week, what is my step this week? What can I do to invest in relationships and friendships with people outside of my church circle? Maybe God is wanting to push me in this direction to be a light to others. I need to have a healthy balance in my social life. Yes, I need, I need edifying friendships that build me up as a man of God. But I also need to push myself for me to be a light to others. Yes, it is uncomfortable. But you know what? That's my calling. That's my mission. If I have any interest in Jesus, this is what I'm called to do, to make friends with non-churchy people. I don't know a better word for churchy people, but you know what I mean when I say churchy people. They're just in their little thing, always in the same pew, always doing, like they don't want anything outside with anyone to do anything out non-church. Make friends with non-churchy people and build a bridge toward them. Going back to Zacchaeus, Jesus told him, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save 
the lost. Like Jesus wanted to make it super clear to this man named Zacchaeus. Listen, I, like I'm, I'm here for people like you. You have an interest in me. You feel like you're lost. I'm here to give you light. I'm here to give you light. This is why I came. And any time that we feel, maybe you're thinking this now, what on earth am I going to say if I'm put it, for me to take that jump? Like I'm kind of comfortable with my own friends and like, I don't need to extend that. There's something inside, there's someone, I should say, inside of you and me that empowers us, that gives us clarity, that gives us the boldness to take that step. Jesus put it this way, that the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. He is an underrated person of God, the Holy Spirit. But just as that Holy Spirit empowered the apostles and the early Christians, it can do the same for us but it requires us to take the, a, a jump into the unknown. For us to take a jump into the unknown. And for us to say, you know what, I'm, I might just be a link in this person's life. This is completely off right now, but it's okay. I'll make it short. Yesterday, there, were, I, there was two mass shootings. Two mass shootings in America. I don't know any details of what occurred yet. But I started thinking, because this was on my heart, this topic. Like I, I think one of them was was it was a young man, white male. What if at church someone gave him a hug, and smiled at him, or invited him to his local church leisure group, or out for lunch after church? You might say I'm crazy, but what if that changed everything? What if that changed the life of dozens of people that died yesterday, because someone was full of anger and he felt unloved? and he had no idea how much God loves him. You might think it's crazy, but it's one seed. That's it. This could have completely changed his life and not ended dozens of other lives yesterday. We are called to be that. And you will never know, but all I know is I'm called to be a link in someone's life today, and that's it. Somebody else will be a link in their life tomorrow. But my focus is today, for me to make friends with non-churchy people, and for me to build a bridge, build rapport, because that me being a light to them, for sure it's changing me, but it can change their life and the impact of others. If we ever question, how can I do this, or I'm just one person, I don't even have my own life together, how can I be an influence to others? Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm here to give you light, to light you. Like, you're not in this alone, and you're not doing this alone. I'm here to give you light, to empower you, to be a light in darkness. But it's okay, I got you, and my spirit lives within you. It's not on you, but it's you can do this. We're us working together. Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we know that our comfort zone is just staying with, with, our, with our own friends that we know, that have the same worldview as us, that have the same pursuit of God as us, or just being in our own comfort zone. But God, maybe this is a calling, maybe this is a little push for us to, 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 to go beyond that. God, I have no idea what I'm going to say or do when I'm at the soccer league, but I know that I'm called to do this, that I'm called to be a light. 
outside of just my, my, my circle of, of, of church friends or people I know, because this is what you have invited me to do. Lord, we ask you that you continue to, to empower us by your Holy Spirit for us to be a light, not only in our personal lives where darkness sits, but the darkness around us in our world that you have called us to be a light and to be embedded into our world and not just be in our own little box in our comfort zone. Through the prayers of all your saints, Lord, hear us as we all pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Just a quick reminder that next...